Hi, folks. Chris Voss here from thechrisvossshow.com. Thechrisvossshow.com. Hey, coming in here live on a Friday. Holy crap, what day is it? It's August 16th, 2019, and we're doing news and tech. We had a great uh, interview earlier today that's also going to be separate on another episode of the podcast. You're going to check that out. We interviewed Oliver Del Camino, and uh, this is going to blow your mind. He started a hemp uh, uh, podcast, hemp session podcast, hemp session being one word. And he started it. And within, uh, 30 days, he was bought out by a public company, uh, and, uh, rock and roll. He got over like 72 million hits off of Google. Evidently hemp, uh, pot, CBD, all that sort of stuff is like the second biggest search thing, according to him next to porn. So hemp is really hot right now. It's so hot right now. Was that my Zoolander impression? Oh, crap. Now I'm going to get a cease and desist from Warner Brothers, whoever the hell did Zoolander. Uh, probably might help if I put the lavalier mics on. Yeah, do that for the Facebook uh, and Periscope audience. Anyway, guys, uh, thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you guys. We got some interesting things to talk about today that struck me so much that even though we did an interview today, uh, I decided to do a business news and tech podcast as well because that's just the kind of fucking guy I am. I've got to give you people something the hell to listen to on a Friday while you're, I don't know, guzzling beers at the uh, brewery there, uh, whatever the hell you do on Friday. Uh, I don't know, whatever. Uh, anyway, so let's talk about some of the news, some of the stuff that's going on, some of the interesting things. Friday is always usually an interesting news day. YouTube has shut down music companies' use of manual copyright claims to steal creator revenue. This is something that's close to my heart being a YouTuber. Uh, the channel's got over 54 million uh, minutes viewed on the Chris Voss Show YouTube channel, but as like a lot of creators, uh, my channel is going dead because we're losing, you know. Uh, the rich get richer and the poor get poorer an algorithm of of uh, helping out the top 10 percent basically what what youtube's algorithm does is it feeds the top 10 percent of creators most all of the business and now uh, if you look at trending it's mostly sponsored posts and it's films and and it's uh, it's film companies buying ads and and music buying ads. So, you know, I kind of figured that was eventually going to come. It's kind of a sad thing. Uh, but uh, 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 I'll tell you a story. A few months ago, I got, or I actually think it was a month ago, I got notification on three of my gaming videos uh, with that are from Destiny 2. And Bungie uh, is the corporation behind Destiny 2. And they're really good to gamers. They're really good to streamers. They're really good to people um, that share their games and so they don't usually file copyright claims because they they're smart they see it as advertising and that's one of the reasons destiny got so big is because streamers were sharing their stuff and somewhere around the time destiny first came out there was kind of this thing in fact i didn't want to share their videos initially because i was concerned about the copyright uh claims because back then I think it was like 2014 or so there was still you know game gaming companies were like fuck you we're taking your video because you you know played our music and you play their game. Um, but uh, they've been really cool, which has been really smart for them. You know, you, you have to kind of play this of like, do we want to be smart and do we want to use this free advertising or do we want to be dicks? Uh, and uh, so they were smart. Uh, but so I got like uh, a copyright claim on three of my Bungie videos. And it was a copyright against the music, which kind of threw me because I was like, wait. I thought Bungie has their own orchestra 
and they do their own music. They usually do. They actually have their own orchestra department, their orchestra that they have. Uh, they do it in-house for the most part. But I'm like, well, maybe, I don't know, the music that showed up in the video was like third party or something. I don't know. So I had these claims. And the, the crazy thing about these claims is you can't complain back to YouTube about it and see like, hey, YouTube, this is bullshit. You have to complain to the people filing the claims against you. And if, if they decide that you're full of shit, you can get your channel shut off, especially with three strikes on you. So fortunately, I did a Google of this company and I found posts on Reddit where these guys for two or three years now have been copyright stealers. What they do is they go to channels like mine who, you know, don't have big, I don't know, whatever lawyers, I guess, uh, there are MCNs and, uh, or MNCs, whatever they call those things. And so what they do is they file copyright claims against your videos and they know that maybe you're not going to follow through or whatever. You know, I filed copyright claims on people who stole my videos. I had over a hundred videos of mine that were stolen. Um, and, uh, you know, these people knew what they were doing. The, the, the intent was there. I mean, it, when you, when you do with people who are stolen, it's like some people, you know, well, I accidentally copy your video, but people were clearly taking my videos and using them. So, uh, I got this copyright claim and I'm like, this is bullshit. I can't complain to YouTube. And on Reddit, it said, these guys are copyright stealers. They steal people's videos by doing a copyright claim and people just give up against them. So uh, YouTube, it's been announced today. This is in TechCrunch. You can look it up. They're making a change to their copyright enforcement policies around music used in videos, which may result in an increased number of block videos in the shorter term, but overall a healthier ecosystem in the long term. I'm all for this. So no longer are these copyright owners able to monetize creator videos with just very short or unintentional uses of music via YouTube's manual claiming tube tool. So one of the problems I had is I've done videos where maybe I'm in a restaurant and you can barely, barely pick up like ACDC or something in the background. And I'm usually pretty good at this because I went to YouTube's classes at their LA facility and they teach you all about parody and copyright law and you know lawyers come in and talk to you and teach you stuff. You learn a lot going to those classes about how, you know, when you're when you're, you know, you've got a bottle of Coke or something in front of you, you need to either wrap the label. You know, you see this on like TV and stuff where, you know, you need to hide the brand because the brand has trademarks, you know. In fact, I've had Apple back in the day. They don't do it as much anymore, but back in the day they used to be really fucking big dicks, which is pretty much what Apple does. Um and if I use the term Apple, they would file a copyright claim on my stuff. If I use the term iPhone, they would be fine with it, which makes no fucking sense. So whatever. But uh, so I had to change all my videos take Apple off my videos, the word, the word Apple, and just use iPhone. And then it was, you know, fine with them, whatever. Uh, so anyway, um, so anyway, it's, it's good that they're doing this. This is long overdue. So the rest of my story is, is this company files this claim against three of my videos. Uh, and they're very good videos and they've got really good views. So they're going to be stealing all that money from it. So I look on Reddit, I find out that this is a company that's tromping all over YouTube. In fact, I still need to do a post calling out what I did on this. So one of the things about me is I'm on a lot of corporations. And back in the day when we had a lot of very successful corporations, when you get, when you make really big money, 
you get lawsuits. They just come. People sue you because you're fucking rich. And and then you you what you what you learn when you become rich is that rich people use the courts like like the mafia uses muscle, right? They don't you don't you don't send somebody out to break somebody's legs anymore because they're your competitor. They screw with you. You just sue the fuck out of them, and then it comes down to whoever has the most money to pay the lawyers and in, in defense and, and stuff. And so what I learned uh, having we had three corporations at one time, we kept adding more acquisitions. Um, and the lawsuits came, uh, you know, employees and, and, and then we were suing people too. I mean, you sue people too. Cause you're like, Hey, that person stole $10,000 from us, from our company. We're suing the fuck out of them. You know, some people stole even more. Uh, and so, you know, you just, you enter this whole world of shakedown and lawsuits and, and everything else, uh, which is one of the problems. So, um, so I learned uh, to be my own corporate attorney, my own attorney for my companies and stuff. And after watching my attorneys enough, I'm just like, wait a second, I just handed you 10 grand as a, as a deposit. And, uh, and you just, you went in, did you, did I just see you go on WordPress and print off a template and just fill in my name? Did you just do what I think you did? And I'm like, oh yeah, this, you know, you buy this database, of these templates, and then you just fill in the name and just pump it out. And I'm like, are you fucking shitting me? I can do that in my office. And then after a few failed, uh, uh, a few failed negotiations and where I kind of learned the lawyer game, uh, I realized, I realized, you know, the game. Uh, and so I went, okay, you know what? I think I can play this game too. So I started being a lawyer for all our corporations and our personal stuff, which is really hard to do because technically you're not supposed to be a lawyer for a C corp, but I get away with it. Cause I think there was only one time, anyone caught me. He was a fellow lawyer. And then I buried him with so much discovery requests. They forgot about it. And I continued on. So, um, it, it, it's kind of interesting what you can get away with, especially if you're not an attorney, cause you can get away with murder because anytime, you know, a judge or a lawyer goes, well, you didn't follow the rules of the court. You're like, I'm not an attorney. I didn't know. And they're like, well, we can't, we can't bias his ability to defend himself. It's in the Constitution. You really don't realize how important the Constitution is to get sued. So let me get back to news and business. So anyway, I learned to be a lawyer. So what I did is I, is, is I can print, just like a lawyer can, about five minutes, a lawsuit. I can make a complaint. I know how to file it. It doesn't cost me a fucking dime to sue you other than the print and whatever it costs to file with whatever court it is. And... uh. And so what I did is I sent these guys who sent me this notice that Reddit was reporting was a bunch of scammers. And I said, this is your 30-day notice of intent to sue, which is what you do when you're an attorney. And I implied that I was an attorney without doing it because you can't do that. That's illegal. Um, but I implied that I knew the law and I was serving them with a 30-day notice and I wanted the uh, service for their company, the, the legal service for their company. When you're an attorney, you ask the other company, what's your, where, what's your service address or who do you want serviced or who's your attorney so that we can serve notice of intention to sue on you. And so I sent them a 30-day notice of intent to sue, and I said, we're going to defend this regularly. Our understanding, it's a scam. We're seeing this on Reddit. But the problem was I couldn't do this with YouTube. I had to do this directly with these motherfuckers that were trying to hijack the Chris Voss YouTube channels. And I'm sure if I would have let them get away with it, they would have went and went after more of my videos. And there's 3,500. I'm not going to lose them. There's a lot of these Bungie Destiny videos that I did. So 
I wrote him a 30-day notice of intent to sue. I didn't, it wasn't the full legal thing, but I said, we're, we need to serve you this. So I need to know who your service uh, person is that we can serve this upon. Son of a bitch, man. They had that fucking thing undone in like two or three days. They let the whole thing go and back the fuck off. But I did some reviews, right? Or I did some uh, research on some of the other videos on, on YouTube talking about these people. These motherfuckers have been tromping all over YouTube, filing copyright complaints, stealing people's videos. And, and most of them don't know how to deal with this stuff like I do. Because I was going to go forward with suing them. I'm I'm like I'm just gonna make I'm just gonna make a problem for you, and uh, and sure enough they let it go they just totally released any interest to it whatsoever. But the problem was is I got I got notice back from YouTube saying okay so you filed a complaint with those guys. Keep in mind if you're found to be still in violation and you're fighting it, you can lose your channel, which is fucking scary, which is bullshit. And these guys know it, and so they're out. They're out. Uh, they're out uh, stealing people's content. So anyway, long story short, I beat them, and uh, they moved along. But I saw a lot of other creators on YouTube complaining about how they're getting ripped off, which is even worse because they're getting ripped off by YouTube. YouTube just does not give a fuck about creators anymore. They want to sell you fifty dollar Google. Uh, what is it? Google TV, YouTube TV. They want to sell you fifty dollar YouTube TV. They're doing all this back end with channels. They're doing all this back end with with uh, major news companies. They're just flooding the system. They don't care about the little guy anymore. They don't give a fuck. So if you think you're gonna get rich, your kids think you're gonna get rich on YouTube. That shit is fucking dead. Unless you can make like some weird, unique thing, whatever, great. And you may still see a lot of people with views. I have a lot of views on the Chris Voss show on some of my channels, but the checks and the payments are shit in the toilet uh and they used to be really good but they're not anymore and so if somebody is selling you also to get rich on youtube they're fucking lying ask to see what they get paid on their adsense because they're fucking lying and you know what the la last few snake oil salesmen that i've seen get into this business and promise people that you know they, they're basically they're being the information sellers and you're like why are they selling the information if they can get so rich on youtube why don't they just go get rich on youtube instead of just selling the information because they can't get rich on youtube and if you challenge them and ask them to see their ad their ad sense and their money they're making off of youtube they don't have their channels monetized because they know that if you call them on it they can't fucking prove that they make any fucking money off it other than to sell you consulting and bullshit snake oil salesman. Anyway, I'm sorry. I'll move on from my YouTube riff, but the, I'm really, really happy here that YouTube is shutting down these music companies thing because one of the other problems they had is if you just got like three fucking notes of like anything music-wise, like you were walking by a shop and it picked up like three, one to three notes and they could put that together as like, hey, that's our... That's our chord pattern or whatever, you know. They could file a thing on your video and you're screwed. And there were some videos I made that were really freaking good and really interesting. And I'm like, this is going to make me a lot of money. And son of a bitch, some Muzak in the background got picked up that I didn't notice. And I'm really good at noticing it. Um, and uh, then I got screwed. But, you know, that's the way it is. I, my job is supposed to be to uh, make sure as a creator that stuff's not appearing in my stuff. So really good news for YouTube. Really long overdue. They need to, they've been needing to do this for a long time. There's been, there's been some people that have made really good money and become really big channels. And they claim to have had contracted deals with companies 
uh, to use their music royalty free, or they paid them a small amount or something like that, or it was like a promotional trade. I get that all the time. People are like, hey man, we use my music on sound, whatever it is. And, uh, you know, you can use it for free. And I'm like, no, I know how this fucking works. Cause it's the same way when you get rich, like what happens is, is, and this happened to a, I think an Asian girl who does a lot of makeup. She's really good on YouTube. And uh, she did one of these deals with somebody, and I believe she had a writing. At least that was the impression I got. And what happened was her channel got really fucking huge, and so they sued her for money. And, uh, you know, sometimes they just sue people just to get shaky down for cash, man, because they think you're going to pay out just to make you go away. I, I, had, I said to somebody, I said, why are you suing us? And they go, because you're rich. I'm like, what? That's it? Yeah. Yeah, you got money. You can afford this. <laughs> okay, man. All right. So anyway, uh, that's the big picture on YouTube. And uh, you learn some other shit if you ever get rich. Be careful with your money and hire a lot of fucking lawyers. In fact, don't hire. Well, hire some lawyers. Let's put it that way. Uh, another thing that's kind of got my underwear in a twist. This is kind of interesting. You know, we've lived since 2016 with uh, the Russian bots and bots and Twitter's been breaking down on this stuff. But uh, lately, there's been a story that just seems to be getting worse for Amazon. If you've been following it, this is on Belling uh, dot or BellingCat.com. Um, Amazon's online Bezos brigade, I guess they're calling it, <laughs> unleashed on Twitter. So uh, this is pretty interesting, and I've been talking about it throughout the week if you've been following on the Chris Voss show. Uh, what it is is Amazon has gotten some of their employees because there were so many stories about how bad the floor was and how bad the working conditions were and you know people falling asleep and you know indentured servitude slavery sort of conditions there at the Amazon warehouses. So what Amazon had done is they created these Amazon FC ambassadors and uh, the story went viral this week. So if you haven't got a chance to catch up to it, either go to bellingcat.com. I think the Washington Post had a story that we featured a day or two ago. But it's really interesting, the PR spin that's going on that Amazon's using here. So I want to give you a thread that you'll find on Bellingcat that's really interesting. This gal named Diana Wild, you can find her at at rules obeyer uh, on Twitter. Uh, she called out one of these ambassadors channels. And, uh, and she called out a couple of them. So she wrote one and she said, are you a robot or did they, did they make a bunch of AIs to lie to them instead of helping real workers? And one of them replied and said, no, I'm not a robot, ma'am. And he misspelled ma'am, which is interesting. Uh, I just shared something from the FC that are all from me and my experience. That would be a crazy technology to artificialize. He misspelled that thoughts. I'm actually a picker inside of FC prep items and was given a chance to be an ambassador here in social media. And so uh, this young lady, Diana Wild at Rules of Bear on Twitter, says, how much are you compensated per tweet like this? Because she's curious. Because what we found is there's a small army of these guys, and they have multiple accounts. Some of them aren't accurate, which is kind of interesting from an ethical standpoint. Um, they're not who they say they are. In other words, they're kind of like hidden bots that are pumping out, you know, oh, Amazon floors, the greatest place. There's candy and shit. And, and you know, it's like the chocolate factory from Willy Wonka in here. Oh, my God, it's so wonderful. Jeff Bezos, oh, he's so great. Um, so 
Uh, so she asked somebody how much they compensated per tweet, because obviously if you're working for Amazon, you're being compensated. I mean, unless you're not compensated, but then you wouldn't be working for Amazon. It's really weird how that whole thing plays out, doesn't it? So this other gal named Audra, who also is labeled as an Amazon FC ambassador, she replies, I don't get compensated per tweet. I get paid $15 an hour whether I am answering tweets or out on the floor stowing, which I guess is her job title, stowing. I don't know what that does. Stowing? What do you do? Next time somebody asks me, Chris, what do you do? I'll be like, I stow. I stow. I do stowing. What's stowing, Chris? I don't know, but I do it a lot. Anyway, uh, she writes, I do this two days a week and two days a week I stow. So basically... Uh, what this uh, young lady, Diana Wild, finds out, so they're paying you to tweet that you like your job, which is tweeting about liking your job, which is pretty brilliant on her part. you got to love it. And this gal named Cindy says, laugh out loud, no, we are not paid to say that we like our job. The FCA role is to educate others about what we do on our day-to-day at Amazon. It's happened that we, it just... This is weird how they put it. It just happened that we enjoy what we do. So that's what she wrote. And then Diana Wilde writes back, laugh or less. Yes, you are paid to say that. You like your job. It's your job, but you're not educating anyone. You're attempting to re-educate. And uh, Amazon invested in in-house propaganda rather than bettering its lowest tiers employees' lives. So basically what's come out of the threads of some of these people that are calling out some of these ambassadors for Amazon is, hey, look, man, you got a shitty job at Amazon. You're working the floor. You're you know passing through 50,000 boxes a day for the stupid Chris Voss show to get delivered and stuff. You know, they're paying, uh, I don't know, minimum wage, and you're just like, holy crap, can I get a break? Um, and... Um, and so then Amazon comes to you and goes, hey, man, there's people saying shit about us on Twitter and how bad this job is. And uh, I'll tell you what, you can get a couple days off if you just go sit on Twitter. You don't have to work the fucking line, uh, the assembly line, but you can go on Twitter and, you know, maybe you'll tell everyone how well you like your job. <laughs> because if you're an ambassador... Are you going to go on there and be like, Amazon fucking sucks. Holy shit. I just got off the line. And what a, oh man, I'm slaving away. I've, I got blood on my fingers. Uh, you know, whatever, you know, you're not going to do that. And they know that, right? So they're, they're basically using employees to do this. Now I could, if it was a PR company, you know, companies hire me to promote stuff. They hire me. I go to events. They hire me to promote their stuff at events and stuff. And yeah, if I found a bad company or shitty product, you've seen me trash it online. Uh, you've seen me trash companies. You've seen me trash products. You know, I'm pretty much an asshole. If I, I've had people want to hire me and I go, I'm not doing, I'm not working with what you're doing now, or I've seen your product and I hate your product and I, I just can't believe in it. Um, you know, most products I can get behind they're they're usually always good companies, but there's a few products that either I know the company's a piece of shit or the product is a piece of shit. And I don't care how much money, <laughs> like if Trump came to me and said, Hey, Chris, we want to have you show up at the rallies. We'll pay you $1 billion. I'd be like, mm, probably no, maybe for a billion. I don't know. Can I sell it for a billion, a billion dollars? But no, I don't, I don't think there's any amount of money that I'd sell out for. I don't, I don't think I'd sleep with myself. If I did it like two years from now, I'd, I'd have a gun in my mouth just going, 
what did I do? I sold the fuck out. Um, anyway, uh, so they're basically, it's a way to shut up. It basically, it's a way to shut up your employees. So if you got employees that are like in their spare time going, fucking Amazon sucks, you know, and they're posting anonymous shit on boards talking about how anonymous or about how Amazon sucks. One way to shut them up and flip the, flip the script is like, you know, get them talking positive online and then, and then they're not talking negative and they're basically getting paid to do that. They're basically getting paid to be the thing. But the incentive is, is you get to get off the line, the slave line for, you know, one to two days a week. Right. And if you're really good, you might get more time. If you say really good stuff about Amazon, you might get really good time. Ah, and they're like, well, maybe, maybe I can get off the line and move up into PR. And you know, Amazon's like dangling that in front of you. Like, maybe you can, but let's see what sort of good shit you can say about us. Um, look, man, I, I like Amazon. I think they're a good company. I do think there's some real concerns about, um, their floors and some of the different stories that come out about what's going on, uh, that need to be addressed, but maybe they should focus on just paying the employees more because, Maybe if you paid the employees more and treated them better, they wouldn't be complaining on social media. <gasps> oh, stop using logic, Chris. Stop making sense. Oh. <laughs> it's kind of interesting. If companies pay well, you know, they don't seem to have too much of this problem if they treat their employees well. At least that, that's the impression I get. I don't know. Um, so anyway, it's, it's really weird because it's an army of bot accounts. And they have these people at different facility fulfillment centers. That's what the Amazon FC means, uh, ambassador. The other thing is too, is it creates something for the employees who also are like, uh, I'll say good things about too. If I can get on this fucking line, my hands can quit touching fucking cardboard for two fucking days. I get a goddamn break in here. Um, you know, wow, man, you know, got everybody fighting for some cheese, man. Got all the mice fighting for some cheese. Uh, and I'm not trying to talk badly about Amazon workers. They're wonderful people. I just I just feel like they're being manipulated and they're being screwed with. And this is something that really should be a PR effect. And I, I, I'm pretty sure that they can't just say anything and what they want. There's probably an approval process that's been like, what did you mean? Okay, that's fine. Yeah, we'll let that through. I don't, I, 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 it would, it would be interesting because this would be fun, wouldn't it? It wouldn't it be interesting if one of these guys just went fucking AWOL and they could, and there was like no filter and they could be like, yeah, man, uh, there's been this gun in my head on this FC ambassador account and, and like, but like no one's here today. So I'm going to tell you how it really fucking is. Uh, I'm just waiting for that to happen. But I bet Amazon's got a flip switch on it where they can just go, what's going on? Don't that account's gone. Yeah, bye. And see what's really interesting about these the ambassador accounts, they've made an army, an army of them as well. Now, get this. This is really what's interesting in the article from bellingcat.com. Per 2018 reports, the ambassadors were given an extra paid day off and a $50 gift card. So it's even more that they're getting paid uh, to defend Amazon from online detractors, people talking shit about them online. And they're like, Hey, I work in Amazon. It's really great. They give you a paid day off and a $50 gift card. Maybe you should just do that with people normally, man. Maybe you shouldn't be slaving them 80 hours a week. So it's interesting. And they've got all these bots. 
One thing that's interesting is uh, someone's created a spreadsheet about 53 ambassador accounts. There's 29 Americans, five Spanish, seven German, four British, four French, two Polish, and three Italian ambassadors. And um, what's interesting is they're using different links. Some of them aren't really honest about who they are. They're very bodish, if you will, but evidently they are different human uh, beings. But some of the different services they're using uh, it kind of belies what's going on in the whole menagerie of an assembly line sort of thing. Uh, there's a picture on billingcat.com of one of the Amazon workers slaving away on a laptop, you know, saying good things about your employer. Um, it's kind of interesting. And there's actually a picture. I really like what they've done on Billingcat, but this has been a story. I believe it was, uh, from whatever. Um, and, uh, they're even showing some notes, on some of the people. Um, so, uh, that's interesting as well. Um, yeah. So you've got these people that are ambassadors, uh, paid to not slaving away, being bribed to defend Amazon for being a great place to work. And you're just kind of like, whatever, man. Now I get pay to play. I get PR agents that are hired to do this PR department, social media departments that are hired to do this. That's their pay to play. That's, you know, that's a given. You kind of know, okay, it's the marketing thing. It's going to be their spin. When you're kind of dangling and playing and messing with just normal employees and, uh, you know, and I, I'm sure if you don't say the right thing, you might be taken off the little free day, free payday, free $50 thing. So it's kind of like a proverbial gun to the head if you really think about it. It's, it's not from like, you better say some nice shit, but it's like, you better say some nice shit. Cause if you don't say your shit nice enough and convince enough people, we'll probably take you off the line. You're going to be back to slaving away in the sweatshop. So, um, kind of interesting. I don't know how you feel about it. You can find me at Chris Voss on LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, send me what you think. I'm kind of interested in your comments, what you think about this. Take a review of the Bellingcat, uh, some of the other articles. If you listen to the other podcast from earlier in the week, we referenced and read, read some articles about this Amazon thing. It's kind of become this viral sort of thing where people are going, what? Uh, let's get into some of the news because that's what you tune in for is the coverage on the news of the day. So let's talk about some of the things that are going on. This is kind of interesting. Five years later, the New York Times did a deep dive into Gamergate's origins and how conspiracy-fed trolling tactic, tactics it took mainstream are now central to post-truth information wars. And this is really the World War III of our age is trolls uh, and different uh, conspiracy theories uh, post-truth information wars. This is really what we're into. And the sad thing is, is we're not that bright of a freaking, uh, uh, what, what's the word I'm looking for? We're not that bright of a citizenship. And so a lot of people are falling for it. You know, I mean, Jesus Christ, the Nigerian scam thing on Craigslist, where they still, if you put something up for sale on Craigslist, um, you know, you still get the guy who writes you and goes, if I send you a check and then, you know, I'm going to send it for extra and just wait for it to clear and then send me the thing. And you're just like, oh, my God, wow, what a deal. Yeah. And it's just a ripoff. But what's amazing is that's still working from the 90s, man. From the fucking 90s, there's still idiots falling for the Nigerian email who call write you and go, we just found an account that has $13 million in the bank of Nigeria, and uh, you're the sole heir of it from some guy you've never fucking heard of. And people are just like, oh, my God, that's real. That's how stupid this fucking idiocracy is that we have. So anyway, 
Uh, this was another interesting story that kind of surprised me in the cryptocurrency world. Um, and uh, I guess it's a thing. So uh, Coinbase buys, uh, I believe it's called Zappo uh, Custody, I believe is the name of it. Zappo Custody. And um, they are, Coinbase is buying it for $55 million. And um, uh, what's interesting is they're not only a buyer or seller where you can go to them and, and buy uh, cryptocurrency, but they have a vault in the Swiss mountainside for storing Bitcoins. What? You store Bitcoins in a vault in, in a mountain? Wait. I thought it was virtual currency. So I, I guess what Coinbase is doing is creating a Fort Knox, or they bought a Fort Knox uh, in in Switzerland in a thing, and they're going to put 5% of all Bitcoins in circulation and store them there. They're hoping that what that's going to do is drive people to want to invest more in Bitcoin and make it more popular because uh, people will feel more secure because like there's a Fort Knox of Bitcoin, which is really weird because it's like, Wait, it's virtual currency. Like, you're just storing it on a computer. Like, here in Utah, where I'm up visiting right now in book right now, they have a granite mountain up in one of the canyons, and it's, like, fully, you know, it's just, like, super granite. And they have a giant vault in there. And so they'll put films in there and all sorts of shit, and it's super cool. Uh, and, and it's basically, you know, designed to, you know, survive a nuclear whatever. And then... Uh, but it's also really cool, so it's good for whatever materials you put in there. But they store like real goods in there. But <laughs> so it's interesting to me when somebody's like, "We're gonna we're gonna store Bitcoin, a virtual currency, in a vault." You're like, "Wait, that's just the computer." <laughs> but I guess it'll be cut off from the world, so it'll be unhackable technically. But I don't know how that affects the bit chain. So uh, I don't know, man. That's kind of weird. So anyway, that's happening with Coinbase. <laughs> Oh, you saw the riddle on how that makes any sense. But they're hoping that by, I don't know, having this little sort of vault security thing, they can, uh, I don't know, make people want feel safer about cryptocurrency, which is, I don't know, hard to do these days. I don't feel very safe with it. Um, let's see. What else do we have in here? Backed, B-A-K-K-T, says it plans to launch its physically settled Bitcoin futures contracts on September 23rd after getting approval from New York State's financial regulator. So this is, this is kind of interesting what's been going on with Bitcoin and cryptocurrency is now it's really becoming like the stock market. You have these players that come in. In fact, for a long time, the short sellers showed up in Bitcoin and just trashed it when it was up around 20000 took it back down to 600 um, and there's a lot of other factors that went into that as well, but the short sellers coming into a market, if you've ever studied stock, being a stockbroker, I studied being a stockbroker years ago, I understand, you know, monetary policy. And, uh, at one point I think I had NASDAQ level two trading where I was just one level above the guy who was on the floor and, uh, was a day trader for a long time. Uh, the, the these these guys are doing future contracts so basically they're it's almost like commodity where they're you know basing on futures and short sales and long term contracts of bitcoin and cryptocurrency so it's becoming a normalized sort of currency if you will or a normalized sort of 
stock, if you will, where people are buying it. And of course, with this, with the Chicago Board of Trade, the CBOT, I think it is. Um, you know, they're investing in produce and orange juice and you know all those sort of things that are commodities. So you know, here you go. We're we're getting to that level of crypto coin where there's just much more adoption on it, and uh, maybe we'll see a day. It's going to be a long time coming, or it's going to be a lot of hurdles before the before the Fed starts really dealing in cryptocurrency. But technically, they're letting their banks start to do it. Um, so there's that. Even Facebook may, you know, whatever that Facebook thing is, they they floated that as a trial and as a test to see what sort of arrows they get. And I think they're I think they're going back to the drawing board with it. That's my opinion. You can take it for what you want. An internal letter, Facebook moderators, this is from The Intercept, in Austin claim Accenture, Accenture managers pressured on-site counselors to divulge information on trauma sessions. One counselor quit. Uh, there are really interesting stuff about these people that are hired and they're paid minimum wage and they're put in these kind of slave uh, sort of environments where their job is to look at some of the most heinous stuff it's put on Facebook or sometimes the internet, uh, vice versa. It's you know transposed onto Facebook, so they have to look, look at kitty porn. They have to look at uh, you know scat videos, just the heinous of the heinous, which I would never want to see because there are certain things I you I mean you just don't want to have in your head, man. And I, I've seen enough things in life where I'm just like I really didn't want to see that. Like one time I saw I think it was uh, Saddam Hussein. He got hung and his neck broke when he fell. And, and I remember watching it and I went, you know, I really I really wish that was not in my library of references. Um, so, um, yeah. So I think there was another time where I saw Leo Laporte actually post something. And now I can never watch Leo Laporte again. Um, poor guy. But, hey, man, got to be careful what you post on your, on your uh, phone. But, uh, you know. I, every time I see him, I see, I go, oh, yeah, that. Ah. Uh, he's a really nice guy. But, uh, you know, there's some stuff you just can't unsee once you see it. So I wouldn't want to see that stuff. And evidently, a lot of these people, it's very damaging for what they're seeing. And they're getting paid, like, minimum wage to do it. Am I a Howard Stern fan? I used to be back in the day. And then he just got too plain for me. And I got really pissed off about the three-day contract with the thing. And it, it just kind of got old. I really got familiar with the formula. Someone on Periscope's asking me if I was a Howard Stern fan. Um, and uh, let, what else do we what else do we have here on the news? Some of the stuff that sticked out to me. Um, this is kind of interesting. Ars Technica is reporting that federal judge rules Georgia will have to fall back to paper ballots if it doesn't replace its electronic voting machines with a secure system for 2020. Uh, I'm not going to be political here, but I got to tell you, we've got to get this fixed. Um, we have got to get. Um, the, the you know our polling protected our our uh, voting machines protected we have all these old ass voting machines they're easily hackable if you've ever gone down to uh the uh hackathons that are down in las vegas they were just uh here i think earlier this month um and i forget the name of it but they go there and they hack stuff and there's like kids breaking into these electronic machines it's scary and we're not passing uh, legislation at least through the senate 
that will give money to these states to protect their machines. This is the thing that makes our whole republic, our whole constitution, our democracy run. It's one of the most important things we need to protect because once we become a country where people feel that that's bullshit, they will stop voting, they'll stop caring, and then, you know, that's kind of how we got here. So there you go. It'll just get worse. And God knows, can you imagine worse? So there's that. Uh, This is also interesting from Vice. Uh, Gab, if you're familiar with Gab AI, Gab AI experienced a huge growth spurt in H1 2019. Uh, A similar web data shows its traffic between January and July grew almost 200%. Unique visitors are up 180%. If you're familiar with Gab AI, it's another white nationalist site. It's a site that kind of plays itself to conservatives and GOP people, but really the kind of ultra crazies. Um, wait, didn't I just, that was redundant. Anyway, um, so it plays themselves to that. And it, and uh, so people that go there, they like that. And usually they're the people that are getting kicked off Twitter, YouTube, Facebook now for being uh, crazy with their stuff and causing uh, issues, you know, and being dangerous to other people. So, um, Gab AI is kind of in that, but it's kind of scary in seeing, you know, this huge increase in white nationalism, terrorism. And I got to tell you, I'm more scared if I'm out in public, I'm not scared about the person wearing a turban or, a or, uh, you know, the different Muslim things. I'm not scared about those people. I'm not scared if you're dark skinned. I am, I am scared if you're a white guy who's middle-aged, who looks like me, or you're some angry incel now. Now I'm kind of starting to watch. It used to be I was watched for guys who look like me, just angry old men who had guns and could afford it. But now it's becoming these these incels, these young guys who can't get laid, they can't figure out how to ask a girl out, and they're really angry about it. And and so they pick up a gun because they're short on everything else when it comes to uh, body parts, let's put it that way. And uh, so this is scary. This, this is being... Um, this is being encouraged at the highest level in the office of our country. And to see that Gab AI is having a 200%, what was it, 200% increase in unique visitors in six months? That's crazy. That's crazy. And that tells you what's happened in America. We are going crazy town. When you get somebody in the White House who isn't encouraging people to be nuts who is encouraging encouraging white nationalism, white terrorism, and all this stuff. So um, if you know someone who's on Gab AI, that will tell you everything that you need to know about them. Uh, I finally, I normally have accounts on every different social media site. And for a while there, I had one initially. I saw Joel Kahn posting about how great it was, and he was making fun of why people feel the frog is racist, which is interesting because he was deflecting. But uh, uh, because... the white nationalists adopted the frog as a racist frog. They basically made it that way. So joking around and being like, why did, why are liberals so stupid? They think a frog's racist. That's because white nationalists made it a racist symbol. You dumbass. Um, so, uh, Gab AI got so toxic that I finally pulled my account off. I want, I don't want to be at at first. I just kind of hit it and I'm like, Okay, so I'm just going to use this to watch what the fuck is going on here because there's some crazy-ass shit on here. And then finally I just went, no, man, I got to get off this thing because I don't want to ever be caught on it. It's like I don't have an account on 8chan or I don't believe I have an account on 4chan. Uh, I have to check. For a while there, 
bet way back in the early days, 4chan was kind of funny. It was kind of like a, it was kind of like a funnier, memeier Reddit, but that that went south quick. Uh, so uh, yeah, man. Uh, if you uh, Gab AI, some of these different sites that are out there, and of course uh, they're going to have what's his face? I think the guy from Achan. They're calling into Congress to to talk, so that'll be kind of interesting as well. This is another interesting story that borders on political. Uh, the New York Times is reporting in a letter to Congress, the Trump administration has axed, axed. Wow, man, where am I from? Axed. Holy crap is asking lawmakers to reauthorize a law that lets the NSA gain access to logs of phone and text records. Do you remember Edward Snowden? Do you remember the Obama administration? Um, and I don't think it was the Obama administration's fault. The shit started back with Bush, where he authorized the NSA and the secret courts to spy on Americans. And so I believe Obama, if I recall rightly, you can correct me, he kind of inherited that program. Well, Edward Snowden called all that shit out because I believe it was Brennan testified before the Congress and said, no, we don't spy on Americans. And then Edward's like, oh, yeah? You want the real truth? And he called it all out. And uh, so then we found out there were all these programs that were spying up here in Utah. They were, the NSA has a building, and they were scraping just like every fucking thing they possibly could. Keeping so much data, there was like no way to process that amount of data. Like it's the same. It's the same bullshit that I hear when the FBI is like, well, "We want to start monitoring social media so we can stop stuff." They rarely can ever stop stuff. Rarely, unless somebody turns somebody in, they rarely have been able to stop stuff off of scraping. And and I believe there's laws in the books that police departments can't do it, where they can't spy on on people. So they have to be careful too. Now there's some people that need to be spied on. If you turn them into the FBI, you turn them into your local police department, they're technically supposed to keep an eye on them. Uh, but it depends on the level of what they're doing. But this is kind of interesting. The Trump administration, and I'm not being political here, they want to get access to uh, those logs again, and they want the NSA to have access to the logs that got taken away from them. Now, what's scary about this is the Trump administration has gone after people who talk badly about about the Trump administration, and they've gone after him trying to use the FBI, the NSA, different things to find out what they're saying, who they are, find out who's hidden behind certain accounts, uh, who's playing anonymous behind certain accounts, basically to squelch free speech and anybody who's critical of them. This is even scary because they're removing the head of um, – the head of uh, the NSA, or it was, it's uh, yeah, it's the National Security Advisor. I forget his name, and her second in command. And they keep trying to put in some wackadoodles in there, like they do with everything else they do, that can that can basically politica, politicize the departments and become um, you know conduits of information that Trump can get a hold of and use them against political enemies. This is very scary shit. This is this is like high level shit if you if you read about Hitler back in the day and how they squashed some of their political competitors i mean there was one time where they just murdered everybody uh, i forget what they called it they, wasn't it something saturday or there was it was one day and they just they just fucking decided to kill everybody um and uh and so this is really scary what's going on they're trying to replace the top of the NSA and they're going and saying they want this stuff. So uh, how do you feel about that? I mean, do you do you really want the government being like, hey, what did you say in social media? What did you say in your text thing about Trump? 
Mm, I'm gonna hunt you. <laughs> so, um, and I'm not being political. This is scary shit. This is technical. This is news. This is business stuff. Um, it's kind of interesting what's going on in our thing. And we kind of beat this fight with Edward Snowden, and now we're going back into it with the technical things. And I don't know about you, but I don't like my phone records uh, screwed with and who I'm talking to and what I'm doing. It's bad enough that Alexa and Cortana and Amazon and everybody else are transposing or were transposing up to this week. If you're listening to the earlier Chris Voss shows, we talked about how they've now been busted at uh, having contractors they've been paying all this money to to transpose your conversation you're having around your house. So there's somebody listening in going, hmm, Bob and Diane are having some interesting kinky discussions or your sex, and well, I guess we've got to write all that down. <laughs> oh, baby, mama, whatever, I don't know, whatever you say during sex. So uh, there's that. Uh, so that should be interesting. This is interesting as well. This is from the Economic Times, India-based Twitter-like platform ShareChat, which supports multiple regional languages, raises a $100 million round led by Twitter. Twitter is funding their competitor, ShareChat, in India, which is very interesting because it's very Twitter-like. Uh, the sources say it's got a $600 million to $650 million valuation and could be uh, the next Twitter in India, which is weird because they already have a Twitter and it's international. But the thing about the problem you have with India is India has got a lot of languages, like a lot. And it's pretty complex. And evidently a lot of languages are very different. So uh, I actually went on to share chat to try and see if I can get me an account going because I really, I would really like to have people from India listen to the show. Uh, I'm an audience loving whore. Um, and, uh, uh, wow, man, they don't have English, but it's like 16 different languages or some crap that you, you can choose your language in, uh, you know, there's Hindi and all the different Indian languages, but it'd be kind of interesting. I mean, to me, India is a real, uh, potential powerhouse of, as a future, uh, economy, as a future, um, group of people, as a future buying thing. Um, they've got some different issues they need to resolve over there and, and maybe over 10 to 20, 30 years or a generation, they may become, uh, something that's, uh, it's a powerhouse in America or in, in the world. It could be like another, there's so many people there and, and it could be like another China where people are, you know, they've got a mass of people. It's a huge market data, uh, market base, um, for not only buying goods, making goods, selling goods, everything else. So it is interesting that, um, They've raised a hundred million round led by Twitter and uh, they're trying to get into more of the stuff and it'll be interesting to see how that comes and how that happens. America isn't, you know, going to be the big player in the world. I mean, eventually China is going to overtake us in their economy. They've got, they've got the billions of people that are, that are in their country and it's just a matter of time till they walk out of, uh, you know, some of their different archaic and poor things and become a real powerhouse. And they're already starting to throw their weight around pretty heavily. Um, India is going to be the same way with, with all those people that they have there. Uh, they just got to fix some, a lot of their different issues, et cetera, et cetera. It might help if they didn't spend so much time and money in space and, and, uh, making nuclear weapons against Pakistan. They can never sell that business. They probably move forward. So anyway, that's kind of uh, some of my interesting stuff there. Oh, there's one other uh, thing I want to throw in here. Apple at nine to five max says its U.S. footprints reached 2.4 million. It's on track to its goal of directly contributing 
$350 billion to use the US economy by 2023. I guess what they're mainly doing is hiring a lot of jobs and people and that new spaceship they built out there in Silicon Valley. Uh, I guess they're really rocking and rolling that thing and um, it's going to be huge. So uh, good for Apple. All right. Great. That explains why your cell phone now is like 12 or $1,500 or wherever it's going to be on the next round. And there's no longer subsidies for those phones anymore. So you're paying for Apple's U.S. job footprint. Thanks for contributing to the economy. Now, now, if you can just pay that mortgage that you have on your cell phone, that'd be great. <laughs> what are you going to do, man? Welcome to the world. Uh, what is it? Death taxes and what shit costs? Those are the three major factors of uh, things that always are a uh, given in life. So death, taxes, and paying a lot for your Apple iPhone. <laughs> Which, you know, I mean, I, I can't blame him. Uh, Samsung and everybody else has followed suit and be like, Apple can do what? Oh, we're doing that too. Um, so there you go. You're just you're just a little hamster that big companies look at and they go, how much money can we get out of this motherfucker? Let's get him running the wheel. We'll get some money out of him and get some money out of his kids. Blah, blah, blah. There you go. That's what you're for. You're just, you're just mill, meal in the mill. Something like that. I don't know. Anyway, guys, <laughs> fun is fun. Have a safe holiday or have a safe weekend. It's not really a holiday, but weekends should be, every weekend should be a holiday, right? So there, that's, there's that. But have a safe weekend. You'll probably hear some uh, shows, things that we'll do on the Chris Voss Show. Be sure to refer the show to your friends. We certainly appreciate it. Go to thecvpn.com. Subscribe there to the multitude of different shows we have. We're actually thinking about starting a weed or hemp show now. I actually was thinking about it a while ago, but I think now I'm really serious after interviewing our most recent podcaster. Uh, catch that show as well that we posted shortly uh, before this one on iTunes and Google Play, Spotify, all those different places. Uh, give the show a great review if you get a chance. Um, you know, we're trying to do like Amazon to get the employees here with a gun to their head uh, to make great reviews for us. But, oh, wait, there's only me. So I guess maybe I'll just go make a great review for the Chris Voss show. But if you get a chance, I certainly appreciate that. And I'd certainly love you forever. But it wouldn't be sexual. <laughs> Sorry to disappoint none of you. Anyway, guys, thanks for tuning in. We certainly appreciate you. And we'll see you next time on the Chris Voss show. Blah, 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 blah. <laughs> Gotta love it.